Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Miyakete Yazoro no Hoshitachi no Hikari Miyakete Yazoro no Hoshitachi no Hikari rap. It's a cool Japanese rap. There's a guy, he's got a big sword, then it turns into a different big sword. He has to fight like a million dudes. Like literally the show has 800,000 protagonists and all of them are cool. All of them are cool. Look how cool they are. Obviously, everybody knows what we're talking about by now. It's obvious to everyone. I feel like I'm in a hostage situation right now. I feel like I have I have a gun pointed to my head right now. Holden, do you want to watch me unleash my Bonkai? <laughs> I was about to be Bonkai. I'm bon- I'm the Bonkai Bruiser. Hold it, Ailey. I'm the soul within a sword. So there you go. I've always I've always liked the Shikai more. I've always thought, or is it Shinkai? When their, their sword just turns into a different, goofier kind of sword. I always thought that was. Neat. I I'm or maybe I'm a hollow wizard holding McNeely. I'm a creepy, upset ghost. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, hold in, hold in. Ghosts? Oh, whatever. You think this show is about <laughs> ghosts? The show, the this series was not about within like three months, this show never saw another ghost, and it was all about fucking zombie skeleton monster priests versus half priests versus full bringers versus everything. Ex- this is a classic. We talk about it in Yu Yu Hakusho. It's kind of the same thing. Literally uh, every every one of these animes starts with a premise where it's like, here's the here's the 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 structural uh, basis for our show. Here's all the different adventures and things our hero is going to go on. No, just kidding. We're going to do battle arcs. We're going to do so many battle arcs. We're going to do battle arcs on battle arcs on battle arcs. And it's amazing, dude. This show has some fucking fights. You want to you want to see a dude power up? Go to that snoozy Dragon Ball bullshit. You just want to see some bros power up. You want to see just literally, uh, arguably too much fighting? Mm-hmm. Then come to Bleach. <laughs> They're just all they do is that. That's all they do. At uh, and, and points, you're like, wow, I can't believe a fight is still happening in this manga right now. It's unbelievable what's going on right now. Listen, have you ever wanted to watch an elaborate fight scene only to be disrupted? by someone getting stabbed in the back through the heart 
800,000 times in a row. Yeah, I it's badass, but at the same time, Jake, we have to we have to bring Bleach in. Bleach, you know what? Let me give the synopsis for Bleach just in case you're like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Bleach is a shonen manga written and illustrated by Tite Kubo. It is about a teenager named Ichigo Kurosaki who follows the footsteps of his parents after gaining the powers of a soul reaper. These powers put him in the position of defending humans alert. from evil spirits and guiding souls into the afterlife. It has been adapted into an anime TV series produced by Studio Pierrot and directed by Noriyuki Abe, at least the first run, which is over 300 episodes. It's a lot. Um, but all that said, Bleach is an interesting one when it comes to the convergence of fans and haters. Bleach is very hated. Bleach is also very protectively loved. Also, though, in trying to get to the bottom of that, because I'm neither, right? I'm neither a hater or a big fan. So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm in the middle of this. Mommy and daddy are fighting, and I'm trying to figure out why. You know what I mean? <laughs> And and then if it is at all my fault somehow, and I think a lot, like one of my favorite quotes, I was uh, chatting with some people about it, and they said, "As a Bleach fan, no one hates Bleach more than Bleach fans." It's one of those. It's just such a weird, contentious space to be in. There's a lot like there's a lot of feelings around what happened to the anime when it fell off in in 2012. There's a lot of feelings around. Um, you know the the adaptation as a whole uh going back to you know the the manga i mean from what i've got what i have garnered from the the general overall discussion is the manga is very good the anime less so and because of issues that we'll get into but this new one jake has come in with a zeal he's wearing his kimono Mm -hmm. he is brandishing a blade after watching the the return of bleach that happened very recently i'm wearing a custom hollow mask over my face holden yeah i'm i'm surprised you didn't comment on the spooky skeleton with all the pointy teeth well there you go i mean hey sit down at a bonfire and a slam a humanity (laughs) so you can become no longer hollow that's what i say so i am the almost prototypical bleach observer in that i was in my college anime club in the 2000s and it was the height of the big three every week we would with bated breath tune in for the next fan subbed vcd ripped episode of naruto one piece and bleach the big and we three. were in it to win it we loved everything the uh uh, what? Where were? Was it? Was it Impel Down? No, I, it's bleed, uh, One Piece gets all confusing, but One Piece was amazing. Uh, the Chunin exam arc in uh, Naruto was amazing, and the Soul Society arc in Bleach was captivating as fuck. Just, just all these strong characters with unique looks, unique perspectives, just butting heads against these compelling villains, all with their own personal goals and needs. Each fight, this like compelling conversation on the nature of power, the nature of reality, the nature of will. Why do you fight? Why do you persist? Do you persist for your friends? Do you persist for power? Just, just pure narcotic bliss. And then... Bleach got into a long filler arc and we all kind of were like losing interest. And then they got to the Hueco Mundo arc and we just stopped. And I just stopped and never looked back. This is even a, a prototypical thing. Uh, I years like a couple of years after we dropped off, I was like, I wonder what Bleach is up to. And I tuned in and it was just Ichigo. Once again, having a big bloody sword fight with the same group of people in the Aran Car arc. Uh, 
just like with a white, like sandy background. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, they're still doing this. And I just never gave it a second thought. And I would snicker at all the people online in the uh, next, I don't know, what, 20 years, 15 years, all being like, yeah, Bleach, that sure fell off. Am I right? Like, listen, I love My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, I love, God, I love all, I love uh, Demon Slayer, but whew, man, they really learned their lessons from Bleach. Mm. That being said, mm-hmm. having read a bunch of the manga chapters, having caught up on the new Thousand Year Blood War arc, which was finally the second part of it is being released as we speak. I get it. I'm on board. I love every second of it. Uh, the animation is incredible. The uh, Even all the things about Bleach that I used to find like kind of uh, mind-numbing, there was so many like... I don't want to say unearned power-ups, yeah. but like... Uh, that's definitely a criticism. It's like, now I've got my new power out of nowhere in this fight to save my life. But the absence makes the hearts grow fonder. Yes. And instead of eye-rolling at it now, in the new series, I'm like, no, it's not about an ass pole. It's the power is a result of their emotional growth. Yeah. And if they've come to terms with something by getting their ass kicked, they deserve to be able to... All the, it's literally, God, there's something about a bleach fight where it's somebody comes in with their new ace in the hole. They do it once. It kind of works. They do it again. And the villain like just doesn't give a shit. They either like stop the sword with a single finger or like the smoke clears and it turns out they weren't even harmed uh-huh. or like something dumb happens. Hero then gets their ass kicked. Then the hero has a flashback about, like, why they fight. They remember, like, it was because of a promise I made to my sister. And then, like, a new ass pole power comes out. The villain gets his ass kicked. The villain is like, I didn't want to have to do this, but I also had a secret extra power. <laughs> and it's just back and forth, back and forth. And the poetry of it, the rhythm of it now is just, I'm in. Mm. I love it. I get it. Because, you know, we there's uh, there's the famous Mr. Plinkett thing during the epic Star Wars review where, like, an old man and Darth Vader just kind of bopping swords in the first Star Wars has more emotional impact than Darth Maul and Ewan McGregor doing, like, karate flips and gymnastics around each other. Mm-hmm. Because it is about the clash of goals, the clash of personalities, right. more so than uh, the kind of very intricate like chess level matchups that you can sometimes get in action anime. And Kubo even did his own kind of Jojo homage with the Fullbringer arc just to prove that he could do it with like weird powers being worked against like with weird solutions. It's Kubo's art is very expressive, very dynamic with, uh, you know, like any uh, individual creator, you can tell when he's had a rough week and is just trying to get it done with. But his page layouts, his anatomy, the way that like shit hits in this series where like it's not just like Dragon Ball where someone gets like blasted by a beam and then they got like little hash marks all over them. And they're like, like people get shit exploded off their torsos, Mm. dismembered, blood spurts everywhere. The sword based combat in this show gets extremely visceral and hits super hard, even though 
like uh, I think Ichigo, our main character, just flat out has been killed like three or four times throughout the course of the series. Like there's, oh, you know, nobody. It's very rare when someone is dead, dead. But like every time you see a beloved character just get their shit wrecked, you're like, oh, no, like. For all of the things that people have dumped on Bleach for, I am now in the camp where even the things that it gets wrong, I find uh, familiar and heartwarming. I see. I have yeah. done a 180 this week diving deep into Bleach. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm definitely, and like I've already said, I kind of have this outsider vibe from it, but there's a lot, you can look at, a, see a lot in Bleach, you know, I mean, everything you were just saying kind of reminds me of like, where the MCU is at even like, you know, <laughs> because with Endgame and, you know, that's like they had their big, bad giant climax mega fight and the fallout from that was huge and everything. Right. And there were deaths and everything. And since then you're, you're like, Oh, maybe you guys should take 10 years off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, come back when, when we all like miss it, you know, whereas I feel like the struggle now is they're still spending millions and millions of dollars to put these, uh, projects into the theater that are all bombing now because like we need a fucking break and maybe that's kind of the deal with bleach a little bit as well like we need a little time to like to miss it you know and I'm, uh, I'm saying we did and the thousand year blood war arc is, is just giving this series the same top tier treatment that modern shows like chainsaw man like jujutsu kaisen like my hero academia get yeah with their seasonal release schedule and this heightened version of the show is everything I've ever wanted and it is extremely rewarding. And I am, I was just blissed out the day that I just got to sat, sit down, look at my partner and just be like, honey, I'm watching anime all day for work. <laughs> also, uh, you mentioned it. We we must apologize. We did do these episodes out of order. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen should have been after the Bleach episode. We oh, did it yeah. before. And there is a direct line uh, between what Yu Yu Haiku show, uh, Bleach, and then Jujutsu Kaisen in this way that like is kind of undeniable. And <laughs> so, yeah, everything we talked about with Jujutsu Kaisen is sort of the next step forward. What if a rough and tumble boy got to... Got involved in the spirit realm. Yeah. But in the spirit realm, he just kicked a lot of asses. Yes. And it's just kind of the natural evolution of that basic concept. And that is what Bleach brought to the big three, I think, in general, is the scowling uh, bad boy protagonist, more of an edgy vibe with scary, you know, oh, deep horror, demon, deep, deep horror. monster. Yeah, exactly. It's all that version of what Shonen can be. And, you know, it, it very goes against, you know, they call it, refer to Ichigo as the anti-Luffy. Uh, it's And I, I definitely see that for sure. And it kind of an, uh, an alternate, uh, you know, because especially established with Goku, you know, so much of that. It was a very himbo-centric <laughs> protagonist for a very long time uh, when it came to Shonen. It was like, yeah, a lovable goofball that just loves his fights and and uh, all that good stuff. And that's definitely a solid approach for the protag. But I think it was it was both refreshing and also reviled uh, by different anime fans and manga fans alike, depending on your taste, uh, having this protagonist that's just like got a frown face and he's just he's you know he's very smart actually and uh, it's more about him opening up as a person throughout the series as opposed to kind of like getting more evolved in terms of intellect and things like that which is I feel like what they do with those other protags so uh, anyways let's get into it I think we've danced around it long enough uh, it all starts with Tight Kubo Tight Kubo born in 1977 in Hiroshima Prefecture he was drawn to manga uh, pun intended at a very 
young age. Kubo said, I had already decided when I was in elementary school. When I became a manga artist, I became interested in architecture and design, but I've really only wanted to become a manga artist, which is an interesting through line. I've seen this recently. <laughs> was it the Jujutsu Kaisen guy also that like went to school for architecture? I first? mean, if you're a doodle guy yeah. and your parents are like, you need a real job. Right. Architecture is pretty much one of the only things that you can tell them to be like, yeah, I'll study that. A the real job. A doodler's jubilee, if it were, <laughs> uh, as it were. That sounds filthy. <laughs> it is. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As for influences, Kubo said, my number one favorite manga when uh, then was, uh, how do you say this, GGG or GGG no Kitaro? GGG no Kitaro. Uh, which is by Shigeru Mizuki. Uh, the theme song famously is GGG. Now that sounds lascivious. I don't know, Doodler's Jubilee, I think I'd take that any day over what you just did. He said, I've always liked the yokai or monsters in that series. The other one that I I liked a lot is Saint Seiya, aka Knights of the Zodiac by Masami Kurumada. The characters all wear armor and have interesting weapons. And so those two things combined, you, you kind of get to bleach. So Gegege no Kitaro started coming out back in 1960 and it actually helped to popularize the folklore of yokai or spirit monsters that become one with the main characters uh, of a work. And so yeah, we've seen we've seen that a lot uh, uh, in our run here uh, on Wizbrew. This was the first manga that Kubo tried to do his own sketches of, and though he feels his style is a lot simpler than Shigeru Mizuki's, there's still a lot of influence there. For Knights of the Zodiac, uh, that centers around five mystical warriors who have been sworn to defend the reincarnation of the Olympian goddess Athena. They all wear intricate armor, the design of which was derived from constellations. Uh, so yeah, it's kimonos, not armor, but still that uh, the 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 Rip of the uh, characters in uh, Bleach, as it were, is quite strong and, and stands out for sure, unlike those backgrounds. But we'll talk about why that is. So though he had dabbled up to this point, it wasn't until high school that Kubo attempted to fully execute a manga. Kubo said... The summer of my third year of high school was the first time I'd ever written a manga. I didn't have any experience or knowledge of how to draw a manga. I didn't know you were supposed to draw rough pages first. So I just drew directly on the paper and submitted to Weekly Shonen Jump for a contest. I didn't win, but I got a phone call from one of the editors who suggested we work together. So at just 19 years old, he gets his first one shot into Weekly Shonen Jump in 1996. It is titled Ultra Unholy Hearted Machine. 
And here's the synopsis I pulled from the World Wide Web. It tells the story of Rosner, a deleter, and their android companion, Tina Tina, as they're on their righteous crusade against the creators and sources of a certain destructive drug. With their two-person unit uh, and some missiles and guns, they raid a drug factory. It feels like something a teenager wrote with a cynical tone and heavy on the violence. Oh, and very yeah. much. I read it. Yeah. I read it. It is uh, very compelling. Tight's art style is like not as defined, obviously, because this is his like first published work. It has a much more kind of 80s edgy kind of uh, uh, in style. It, like I wouldn't have known it was the Bleach guy uh-huh. at first. Uh-huh. A lot of the facial structures are very like more generic anime, but it is still just people's entire deals get like blown off with massive <laughs> bullet holes. All right. uh, Tina Tina is like this scantily clad, like skinny teen girl who's like snapping necks and flipping around doing crazy Kung Fu. Uh-huh. It is super violent. Uh, the main hero just keeps talking about how he hates the government <laughs> and he hates drugs. Yeah, it's very, it's, 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 uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting, like, yeah, you already said it. It's a very teenage edgelord kind of story. Totally, totally. And, and, but there's some precursor there for sure to Bleach. Uh, but before we get to Bleach, we've got Zombie Powder. Mm. Kubo's first full-on manga was Zombie Powder, which ran in Shonen Jump as well, starting in 1999 for 27 chapters. It's about a teenager named Elwood Shepard who joins up with a group of crime dudes to seek out the rings of the dead, which resurrects the dead and grants immortality to anyone who collects all 12 of them. The setting is a supernatural Western world in which gunslingers and occult magic coexist with martial arts and mad scientists. The crew only acquire three of the rings, however, before the manga is canceled as it was deemed technically proficient but lacked an original flair uh, to draw readers in, which actually... Uh, and actually, uh, there's a little too much focus on battles, which again, I think, but but from what I've seen, there's a lot of talk about characters when it comes to Taikubo's work and Bleach, but there's also a lot of talk about how they kind of, he does a great job of establishing characters and then it's just fights, 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 like just relentlessly. So you kind of get that in Bleach, but for some reason it worked a lot better. I think maybe because he did put that extra effort into making the characters more, um, you know, resonant with people, can root for them better when they're in these fights i did a quick like like very very tertiary like skim of this one and uh a criticism i read about it was that a lot of people compared it to trigun Mm. and a lot of the vibe is kind of this like scratchier more violent twist on a trigun like story there's you know mysterious uh warrior kind of bombs his way through a techno dabbled western town uh the main character has a giant chainsaw sword and a big spooky skull belt buckle fuck yeah and it just if they were living in a world especially back then where trigun is just like already on the air and already on the page you don't like quite need it it's just not bringing that much new to the table. Yeah, but also like 420 or whatever. You know what I mean? With the skull belt and the fucking chainsaw <laughs> blade or whatever. Like, let's just uh, let's have let's party. You know, uh, Kubo said about this uh, this process with zombie powder. The most important thing I learned from zombie powder is that I should always follow my heart and draw what I want to draw. When I was working on Zombie Powder, I was still holding back. I wasn't used to weekly serializations, and I was reacting to my editor's comments. But now I focus more on staying true to my own style and creating what I want to. And uh, yeah, he's definitely... um, You know, I feel like we've done other 
episodes on mangaka that where they have this very tight relationship with their editor and everything where <laughs> pun intended <laughs> or pun not intended but tight seems to kind of rebel against the editor process and that's like kind of it seems to be his biggest issue with the whole process in general is just the the editor's suggestions throwing him off from what he wants to do i mean he definitely has that kind of edgier sensibility it seems like even mm-hmm. in his own life you know and he does talk about how all the characters there's a piece of him in all the characters so if it's that kind of vibe for a lot of characters you can see him as maybe being the type of uh contentious kind of i go my way and, or the highway kind of vibes um in terms of the the work he's putting out so uh, he learns this big lesson. He's like, all right, I'm going to be more independent. I'm going to really fight for what I want in, in my work. And that's uh, moving into Bleach. Kubo wanted to do something with Shinigami uh, for his next work, also referred to as Soul Reapers. Shinigami have existed in Japanese religion and culture for a very long time, with folklores and classical literature serving to pass along the concept Shinigami is essentially the Japanese version of the Grim Reaper. However, there are many spirits that can invite humans towards death. Uh, Kubo said, I wanted to draw soul reapers wearing kimono. When I first designed Rukia, she wasn't wearing kimono, but I wanted to create something that no one has seen before. From there, I created the world of Bleach. As for the kimono, he said, I wanted a kimono style that was slightly different from the usual. For instance, I wanted some decoration along the edges and sleeves that fluttered a lot to make the action scenes gorgeous to watch. And this leads to a very important aspect of Bleach. The characters come first always. Kubo said... I don't really have a specific process to make characters, but I always have quite a few characters in my mind. When I start a new story arc, I think back on the stock of characters in my mind. I draw them in a group and see if they are appropriate for the next story. It's pretty easy to pick who is going to be a main character. Then I pick the other characters in relation to the main character based on what would suit their personality. This is not the way everybody creates manga, but I like to create the story based on the characters. And uh, one thing that does get criticism when it comes to Bleach is how dull a lot of the backgrounds can be, a lot of the environments. Well, um, wait, do you have more on that? Because yeah, like, I, I, got, I got he, takes. He says he purposely introduces the characters on white backgrounds as he feels the characters shape the world around them. He said in Bleach, when a new character debuts, the background is actually white. The reason is I want the readers to savor the atmosphere of one's surroundings through the characters themselves. I believe that the world coexists with the characters and shapes. So I would hold this belief of I want to shape the world and pin it down. So in other words, the characters are what inform your concept of the environment is his argument that he wants to focus more on them and make them stand out more. So the environments are purposely left to be kind of um, kind of dull. What 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 were, what is your uh, thought on this, Jake? So. The uh, original concept, uh, it started with this drawing of uh, Rukia, the, uh, you know, the plucky, short, uh, you know, Japanese teen beauty who stumbles into Ichigo's life and like introduces him to the world of the undead. And uh, she is wearing this like combination school uniform with like a cloak. And she's carrying this massive, like, spooky scythe. And honestly, she looks almost exactly like uh, like Rooster Teeth's Ruby in a way that is, like, weirdly prescient, in a way that, like, is insane in terms of parallel thinking. But the original concept, he wanted to call the series Black and focused on the black kimonos of the Soul Reapers as, like, this dominant theme. Uh-huh. 
The uh, editor said uh, that's a little generic. You know, there's a million manga series that all have, you know, Black Butler. Uh, there's I can't even I can't even talk. You know, it's it's a common word in, in manga titles. Uh, what about white? And Kubo was like, nah, that's kind of generic, too. What's a word that evokes white? Bleach. Yeah. And that fits with the idea of the Soul Reapers purifying these corrupted, stained hollows and, you know, taking them into the uh, Soul Society in the next world. And that core theme of black versus white uh, is so key. It is the the yin and yang. Uh, the idea of balance is so pervasive throughout the show. The idea that there has to be a balance between souls in the living world and the afterlife. There has to be a balance in the characters that, you know, when uh, Ichigo is like looking within himself, his like inner hollow beast is uh, an all white version of himself called white. Uh, you know, there's the the starkness of the black and white figures against the white background really helps these characters leap off the page. And well, now we might be spoiled by a lot of uh, mangas I'm thinking about Chainsaw Man. I'm thinking about uh, Jujutsu Kaisen that have these very ornate backgrounds that almost feel larger than life. You know, these were we were still living in a world full of like weekly, uh, weekly releases. And if uh, Bleach is getting uh, tagged for, you know, uh, a lack of backgrounds, where was uh, Kira Toriyama on Dragon Ball just having everything on, like, doofy abandoned uh, fields and mountain ranges? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's the most, like, plain yeah. uh, landscapes. Uh, that being said, I understand that there, the Hueco Mundo arc really didn't do him any favors because it was an empty white sand desert, <laughs> and then the final battle happened in a star dark, flat, white-walled castle. Uh Like, it really, really did get repetitive. Um, uh, Lord knows I aesthetically was turned off by a lot of that for a long time. Uh, I will say, Thousand Year Blood War, incredible backgrounds, incredible fidelity, 4K magical anime that really delivers in terms of the visuals. Really sounds like they took a lot of notes from criticisms and stuff from what you're saying for the new... Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, they, that was like kind of a the, a lot of effort was made to, and that's the that's the beauty of having ten years of discourse behind you, you know. Because even I know that um, Tight was trying to fill in some gaps that uh, plot wise that people were frustrated with not knowing the answer to certain questions left uh, open in the manga uh, that he he instilled in the anime. So it's kind of kind of cool. Yeah. So <laughs> again, check out that new season. <laughs> those new seasons coming out for sure. As for the fights, Tight Kubo uses music as his guide. Kubo said, I just have rock music going in my head, and I just imagine the action scenes. I pause the action, rotate the characters, and find the best angle, and then I draw, which I think is cool as shit that he's, he has it that well in his head, that he's able to like freeze frame a, a moment and, and change an angle on it and then draw that. Uh, he also picked a theme song for every character in the manga. For the main cast, Ichigo Kurosaki's theme is News from the Front by Bad Religion. Rukia Kuchiki's theme is Wingstock by Ashley McIsaac. Orihime Inue's is uh, Tin Vas Pas by Elsa. Chad's theme is No Song Unheard by The Helicopters. Uryu Ishida's theme is Idiotech by Radiohead. And Finji Abarai's is uh, Norainu, or uh, aka Stray Dog by Hazu. So it's really fun if you want, you know, I know there's 
there's like a full soundtrack out there. That's just the main cast, by the way. He's picked a song for like every character. You can look at that list. It's online. You can. I'm sure there's already like a Spotify playlist created out uh, around it um, uh, that you could l- check out. But it's really cool if you want to, you know, listen to the music while reading it. Even um, can can help inform a lot of like what was even in Kubo's head while he was uh, making it uh, and drawing it. For the amount of ass pulls that we've talked about in the combat in Bleach, I will say the individual attacks, the end like when the violence does happen, it is visceral and engaging on the page. The characters really pop. Every blow has like incredible impact. And uh, even in the anime, Just like so many cool things were happening, even with the, you know, weekly schedule, it just just yeah, no, there's something some fights where it had this like eerie stillness about it. Some fights were just grisly and awful. Some fights were just good old fashioned Dragon Ball power like scream offs. It's it's just it's it's genuinely there's genuinely goodness in here. And the I think one of the things about it that really like brought it home was the soul society arc, which mm-hmm. happens relatively early, you know, in the beginning of the series, we're introduced to here's Ichigo. He can like see ghosts. Uh, Rukia is, uh, enters his world hunting for a hollow, uh, in an act of desperation, she transfers his power to him. And now he is also a soul reaper. And uh, together they like solve problems and uh, hunt down ghosts and try and like, you know, freak of the week kind of stuff while learning more about the extended cast or Hime, uh, Chad, a half Mexican, half Japanese character who uh, at the time was like, you really didn't get a lot of uh, in Japanese discourse. They're referred to as halfus and the discrimination that they face in Japanese society. Um a lot of the characters deal with like uh, discrimination and learn to persevere because of it. And after a couple of freak of the week runs, Rukia's brother and her childhood friend, Renji uh, come in and are like, you fucked up. You're not supposed to give your powers to humans. You're going to go get executed. And it's up to Ichigo and his friends to go and rescue her. They go from the mundane world to this like feudal Japanese walled city called the Serite, and there they meet the Gote 13, which is this ins- basically an entire uh, regimented army of soul reapers, each with their own unique captains and the lieutenants. Each of them are just named characters with their own appearance, with their own internal games, with their own fun like quirks and gimmicks. And these characters, are, just meeting every single one of them was just like a revelation. It was... Just like every time you got to see a new character and their new powers. And the best part was you saw them all together and you would just be wondering for like, what the fuck is that freaky guy do? Uh-huh. What does that freaky guy do? He's been standing around the whole time. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You gain to like learn about the society, the culture that is, you know, based around this weird like soul balance. You learn that there's corruption. You learn that there's like intrigue. You learn that there's courtly drama. And it all builds to this massive head with uh, the Bankai system getting revealed. It turns out that all their weapons have a secondary release. You have to like speak their true name. And it's a reflection of their personality as well. And the different Bankais fight against each other. And it was just super compelling. Uh, God, one of my favorite characters in this show is Kenpachi Zaraki who is this goofy looking guy with like bells in his spiked hair and like a goofy eye patch. He kind of looks like, I don't know, a more evil version of Sideshow Bob. He's covered in scars and his whole game, this is an amazing thing. This is such a brilliant thing to do in a uh, shonen anime is that he does not have any skills. He is just so fucking strong that he just waves his sword around and is just like impossible to kill. Like he doesn't use any fancy techniques. He doesn't use a bankai. He doesn't use anything. There's a great moment in one of the arcs where like when faced at death's door, he's like, well, I didn't want to have to come to this, but I guess I'll have to hold my sword with two hands. <laughs> and, like that's his big power up. It's so fucking rad. He's such a fun character. And so many of the characters and the and the captains that they reveal in this show, uh, especially in the Soul Society arc, just become beloved characters in their own right. And, you know, a lot of them are just outright shitheads. Uh, if not all of them are outright shitheads. But you grow to, like, appreciate these characters and you can't wait for them to get into another fight to, like, reveal some new technique, to reveal some new power. And it's just builds this incredible greater world for our characters to be in. And Kubo does this with like every arc. The, uh, you know, we're introduced to the visor. We're introduced to the iron car. We're introduced to the Espada. We're introduced to the Quincy's like every single step along the way. Kubo just drops all these compelling different design characters, even though they're all dressed relatively similar, like each team has their own base uniform, but with a couple of like tweaks to the uniform and just the difference in body type, hairstyle, background, like they all feel incredibly unique. Uh, if you look at the 13 captains, like it's just amazing. I know uh, Oda gets a lot of appreciation for having different like body types and, you know, everyone isn't just a generic, pretty anime person in One Piece. Kubo should get even more credit for that because some of his characters are absolutely gonzo. In Thousand Year Blood War arc, uh, I got to the Mask Demasculine fight, which is this like mustachioed masked wrestler who only does like drop kicks and suplexes and his power is based on having this magical little fanboy called James cheer for him 
And as long as this little guy's just like, mister, mister, you can do it. <laughs> like he's empowered by it. It's just this fat little Ziggy looking bald guy cheering for him. It's so fucking unique and crazy. I, and I just want to throw out there uh, uh, for the, the soul uh, society arc you were talking about. If you're watching on like Hulu, it's that happens over seasons two and three with the major shit going down in seasons three. Like mm-hmm. season two is like kind of the sneak in mm-hmm. arc and then season three is kind of where all the all that stuff goes down with like the with the uh, 13 or whatever but um yeah yeah it's it's uh it's that that i think many be- agree that that is kind of the high water mark of the anime mm-hmm. at the very least for sure so the manga was originally supposed to have a short run with a maximum length of five years instead it lasted for 15 years up until the end of 2016 collected in 74 volumes and even after all of that, fans felt the ending was a bit rushed. However, Kubo refutes that. Uh, he says the final chapter was done the way he had imagined it since chapter one. But there were other reasons why this had to be over for Kubo. And that's because of his declining health due to overworking himself. A, a very regular trend when it comes to mangaka. Uh, in the 10th year of the manga, he started feeling like something was up. And even though a doctor told him it was just a cold, he would end up bedridden for a week at a time. So it turned into this endless cycle of being laid out, recovering getting back to work, and then getting laid out all over again. And this led to feelings of failure as a mangaka and a constant focus on whether or not he should continue, even though at that time, he was only halfway finished. Then he gets a fan letter from a sick boy who was hospitalized after his meds had stopped working and was given about 18 months to live. This is the storied thing that happens at this kind of like... It's very like shonen uh, manga in its own right. Like, he's just about to give up and he doesn't know if he can continue on and then he gets this sick boy's letter. Mister! Mister! And he found manga was uh, th- this this boy was depressed. He was in the hospital all the time. He, he didn't, you know, he was kind of losing the reason to live and so he ended up turning to manga as a way to just, like, enjoy his final days and ends up discovering Bleach, which essentially does give him this, like, purpose to keep go- going on with his uh, his life. And the letter ends with this uh, message. Kubo Sensei, I have one final request. Please draw Bleach the way you want to draw it right until its conclusion. That's what I want to read. And this is what pushes Kubo over the finishing line. And we may not have gotten any ending if it hadn't gone down this way. So maybe it's okay that it was like a little rushed and a little strained. People definitely, definitely recognize that you know, it did have that. And I think they're trying to, again, fill in some blanks, some gaps that he left open um, in this maybe slightly rushed ending. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I just I feel like he's probably feeling better now. Um, I'm not sure what his work input has been since Bleach, but I think he just needed a fucking break, man. I don't understand. I feel like they need to find some. I don't know. I, w- I wonder if they could find some ways to. um help these mangaka out. I mean, it's hard when the gold standard at this point feels like One Piece and One Piece is just this relentless offering of content and this the, the mangaka just seems like he I feel like that mangaka is held up the, at the highest just because he just like so, he's like a fucking machine yeah. and unlike any human that exists with how much how hard he works. 
you know? It, it just, it really feel like most people would die under the weight and pressure. I mean, they stay up all night, they, you know, to reach these deadlines. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing that you might be able to pull off in your 20s, but as you hit your 30s, and especially your 40s, you know, your body just starts giving up on itself. And uh, we read this time and time again. I feel like, I feel like in America... I feel like in America, our big issue is crunch in video games Mm -hmm. um, and game development. That seems like the real killer for people here. And in Japan, it's all about the mangaka. Like the they just they are just overworked and held to such high high pressure. I mean, you know, we talked about the tragedy of uh, the Berserk author Kentaro Miura. That's who I'm thinking about. That's loaded. It's in the front of my mind, man. I because that was my favorite manga and uh yeah he it killed him and it's very scary uh so um i don't give a shit that much that it was maybe a little <laughs> rushed because like that guy's still alive <laughs> it honestly anyways. makes for compelling again i can't stop plugging this new series i'm down it i love has, it, it man the breakneck yeah. pace that's why we're it. doing the episode yeah, yeah yeah that's why we're doing the whole damn episode because of the thousand uh, what is it called again? The uh, Thousand Year Blood War. Which is I great mean, what name a title. Too. Yeah, great title, <laughs> dude. It's awesome, man. Uh, well, let's get into the anime, shall we? Uh, we've talked enough about the manga, I think. The anime is produced by Studio Piro. Uh, also put out Naruto, T- Tokyo Ghoul, Yu Yu Hakusho, Black Clover, and so much more. Uh, just Oh, Black Clover. That was the other That was the other one. Anime that was the other one. Yeah, yeah. Of. Uh, the director is Noriyuki Abe, who also directed Yu Yu Hakusho uh, and has credits dating back to 1983. Abe went to college for architecture, then joined studio... <laughs> Again, when it goes yeah, for architecture... the real job. The A Doodler's, Doodler's Jubilee. Jubilee. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Balls completely drained from the last Doodler's Jubilee I attended. Uh, then joined Studio Piro in 1986 with his credits being storyboarder and episode director. After a stint as a freelancer, it was Yu Yu Hakusho that made him a huge success in the biz and led to Bleach. In an interview, Noriyuki discussed how things have changed in Shonen anime since Yu Yu Hakusho and that the protagonist used to be kind of dumb, as we mentioned before. Uh, but then you have stuff like Bleach, where, where uh, the antagonist, it's more about not a dumb guy getting more mature as it goes on, but in, instead it's a smart guy up top that uh, has these weaknesses he needs to work through. Uh, the same goes also, though, for the main villain, Captain Sosuke Aizen, who instead of being a boisterous baddie that rages out like a Frieza or something like that, like a black beard. Um, he's calm and collected, and he's always saying that it was all a part of my plan, mm. to the point where like the other big thing people kind of roll their eyes at, as um, instead of just the like, I just got this new power out of nowhere. Uh, also, everything is always all a part of uh, of uh, Eisen's plan. He's all, he's masterminded all of this, and uh, that's it's constantly, they're always Engaging themselves in Eisen's plans. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The new series also has another <laughs> great villain called Yuaba, and wouldn't you know it? Everything he did was exactly <laughs> according to his plan. <laughs> uh, as is often the case with ongoing serialized manga that gets an anime adaptation mid-run, uh, this show has a lot of additional content, a.k.a. filler, so that the manga could catch up. This came in the form of storylines about creatures uh, called Bounce. <laughs> That's all filler. That happens um, after that, uh, starting after that big uh, Soul Society arc. We get our first first bout 
of filler. By the series end, uh, I believe it was 45% of the episodes produced were filler content. Yeah, yeah. Which is a lot. That is a lot. So the anime does have also more humor instilled in its frames in comparison to the manga. That's, I think, another common thing, I think, in anime as well. Uh, the soundtrack it was composed by Shiro Sagisu, Ooh. who has been in the business for decades. He was taught piano and violin at the age of five at a Catholic monastery. And his father was a manga artist and uh, owned an, an animation and special effects studio next door to their house. He describes... Um, uh, had as having grown up, quote, with someone like a Japanese Walt Disney. Sigisu uh, just had such a good end with this. I mean, he was thinking about how music is applied to anime at the age of five. Like, he is in the business so, so young. Sigisu said... The job of the soundtrack in anime has been changing as the years progress. 50 years ago, it was a very stereotypical job for a soundtrack. But nowadays, because animation itself is becoming diversified into various kinds, the composers also have to match the aesthetic of each original anime. That's what's important about modern anime soundtracks right now. Director Noriyuki Abe gave Sagisu a lot of freedom when it came to the soundtrack. And Sagisu feels this music also, quote, represents my life itself. So that's why you have such an acclaim you have chanting you have piano and violin but you also have like these hard rock numbers cool japanese raps as uh jake put it at the beginning of the episode it's all over the place and it just seems like he was given free reign to really like give it everything that he could my uh fave one of my favorite pieces of bleach music is one that goes throughout uh the series and it is called on the precipice of defeat and this is usually the music that plays when all is lost, when the characters are backed into a corner, when it feels like they've used every trick in the book and like now things are getting serious. Uh, April, if you could play uh, like it's a slow build. So if you can get right to the moment in the middle of the track, this is this is my favorite thing. just gets my skin crawling and tense. Uh, there's an amazing orchestral uh, remix. A lot of the OG music gets the orchestral's treatment in Thousand Year Blood War. April, if you could just play a second of that as well as contrast. Ah, oh, so good. And yes, there is uh, one of the things that I feel like set Bleach apart was that it had a kind of this for all of the fact it's so weird. All of like the cool urban fashion and cool hip hop stuff was always in the margins. It was always like the covers and supplemental artwork that had our characters kind of like chilling at convenience stores wearing like fashionable jackets. Whereas like most of the actual day to day action was people in kimono screaming and trying to rip each other's arms off with fucking crazy swords. <laughs> but like that influence still made its way into the series and gave it kind of a more modern, cool edge than something like Naruto or One Piece, where it was kind of set in a more 
uh, and and like past anachronistic. There we go. Anachronistic past. So yeah, I mean, you know, Bleach, as we mentioned before, definitely gets its fair share of critics, especially of the anime, since it does have quite a bit of filler, and uh, they also. They kind of do the same arc twice a little bit. They kind of do the same arc twice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because uh, one of our beloved female main characters gets kidnapped in an elaborate plot, uh, forcing our heroes to fight a series of visually interesting, superpowered badasses. Uh, and then it turns out to be a complicated plot by Aizen. And then immediately another beloved female protagonist gets kidnapped and we our heroes have to fight a series of visually interesting badasses and it all turns out to be an elaborate plot by Aizen. Doesn't mean it's repetitive, Holden. <laughs> I'll have you know the second arc is much more prolonged and harder to get through. Well, well, also, though, apparently they resolve quite differently, at least. But yeah, there's a, it's kind of what's so funny is this is such a mirror to what I'm sick of in Star Wars. And I feel I'm be, feeling a very similar vibe. I think I've already mentioned that I feel like Star Wars fandom, it, it, it gives me similar vibes to Bleach fandom. In Star Wars, I, after what, what, what was I think it was after watching Solo, the Han Solo movie i was mm-hmm. like if i have to watch one more you know uh sequence where they've got to break into a imp- empire base to get some information or rescue a hostage like they do in the very first fucking star wars movie i've seen it so many times and then rogue one like perfected it like i i'm gonna lose my mind like stop doing this thing where ragtag individuals have to break into a base to steal something or, or someone it, it's killing me it's like i get it they did it so well <laughs> In the first movie and then and then you know later on even better arguably it's so done and that's so funny that this show also gets the same criticism for the exact same thing this this arc where they have to break into a fortress fight a bunch of dudes off and then get this person out is hilarious to me it's just such a good way to do to do it i guess just to do a whole action it's got it all it's got stealth it's got action it's got you know, stakes and everything, you know, I, we, I just, okay. So this is the thing. These are a lot of very normal criticisms of bleach. There's a reason why of the big three, this one had the popularity fall off that it did. Hell, the original run of the series was, uh, you know, put on hiatus to make room for a rock Lee spinoff comedy show set in the Naruto universe. Like, um, but, there is a there is something to Kubo's writing. There is a uh, philosophical depth to it. The way that his cosmology works, although it's pretty confusing, uh, there is like a fascinating kind of balance to everything he describes. Our characters are always uh, thinking about their death, their legacy. In fact, uh, Kubo uh, in his um, in the uh, in the in the volumes in the graphic you know, uh, compilations, uh, writes these incredible, uh, poems, uh, at the end of every one of his chapters. And they're like really profound, you know, it's obviously these are translated, but it's stuff like, I can't protect you without holding a sword. I can't embrace you while holding a sword. We are drawn to each other like drops of water, like the planets. We repulse each other like magnets, like the colors of our skin. Like there's this, there is juice there. Yeah. 
There is, if you are willing to like embrace some of the, act, like if you can take what many people describe as flaws and put them in the ex eccentricity category, this show can be just as impactful and just as compelling as any other major uh, shonen can be. And yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's only when you accept the flaws can you like rag on it, but only out of love, yeah. only out of like familiarity. It's like you said, like Star Wars uh, or like even like family, like, no, fuck you. I yeah, can say that. You can't say that. A similar family thing. It's like, I'm allowed to because I'm a fan. You're not a fan, so go fuck off. It's it's a very similar mm -hmm. deal. Like, I could say that about my sister because it's my sister. But like, yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, there was also a lot of controversy around the uh, Doodler's Jubilee <laughs> arc. And people <laughs> mostly arguing about the fact that maybe bleach comes from the sort of sticky... Uh, substance that comes out of the human body during mm. uh, ecstasy mm -hmm. uh, moments. So yeah, that that also was uh, what people said. Was I mean, based on. Kubo can draw some real, <laughs> real ladies. I'll give you that much. It's it feels like every arc there's like one boob lady or two, two boob ladies, two ass ladies. Uh, it's it's you know. It's good for him. Good for him. <laughs> so after the big, Yorichi, you're my you're my number one waifu. So after the big uh, showdown with Aizen, who was the major villain throughout the series, the anime suffers this huge drop off in popularity. And I've already had a discussion with this with someone who put content out uh, about saying that the show was then canceled. Um, but apparently, you're not allowed. Again, this is such an indication of the fandom. You're not allowed to say that it was canceled. No, no, it went on hiatus, Jake. <laughs> hiatus. Uh, for 10 years. <laughs> That's a long hiatus. But yeah, the, the fact that the new major arc just wasn't doing it for a lot of people and the reality that the show would would immediately essentially have to go right back into producing more filler episodes just for the manga to finally, finally just like cough its way into the, its final destination because again we've got we're, we're in this situation where the mangaka is starting to really struggle to get this manga out the door in general so they were already having a hard time blowing past the manga now they're having an even harder time and so i just think that the fandom around it the desire for it was just really starting to waver they just weren't getting the same numbers and all of that and uh so the show is stops we'll just say in 2012, before they are able to do that final run of the manga. And 10 years pass, uh, and it isn't until 2022 when they put out Bleach, the thousand-year blood war, in order to finish what the manga started. And they had, uh, you know, at this point, it's been now... So the manga ends in 2016, so now they've also had a whole, you know, what is it, six years or whatever to uh, kind of learn the lessons from all of it, allow that time for people to miss it, for people to give a shit about it again, and get to that point where this thing comes out. Um, and also another good thing is Tight Kubo stated he's heavily involved in the whole process and was a big part of like filling in those loose ends that people were frustrated with from the ending of the manga. Uh, the director is Tomihisha Taguchi. Uh, he did the Persona 4 anime, among other things. And yeah, this series will run in four cores or seasons, consisting of 13 episodes each, the second of which has started airing this year, uh, 2023. So it is coming out fast and furious. But Jake, you're the one who's been watching it. I was watching the... Um, 
I was busy watching the Soul Society arc, which was great, getting a taste for what the original anime had to offer while you've been furiously blasting through the thousand-year Blood War. And was it a, a doodler's jubilee, in your opinion? I've been having a goddamn doodler's jubilee with this series. Um, le- I mentioned how the uh, familiar themes from the old show are you know, re, uh, reimagined as these or- sweeping orchestral themes always hits me whenever I recognize a music thing and I'm like, oh shit, the real big nostalgia for that. The uh, Quincy's are now the main villains and they are just as visually interesting and compelling and their powers are, are just as, uh, I just love the fights that are happening in this. And by switching to the kind of AAA seasonal release, they're giving just all of these moments, the kind of oomph. There are no rushed moments. Everything feels like it has impact. And yeah, yeah, no, there is a lot of the same stuff that made Bleach uh, uh, infamous is still there in this. But now, I, I've said it before, now it feels familiar. Now it's like something I missed. There's like, obviously, our heroes get their asses kicked immediately by a new threat. They have to train and recover and they unveil their new powers. The villains unveil that they also had new powers. The big villain unveils that they knew about the new powers, and that was all distraction to get to an even bigger power. It's all going back and forth. But they're answering uh, a lot of stuff about, you know, who, uh, why is Ichigo so special in this world? Uh, so many things about the cosmology, the hierarchy of this weird samurai afterlife that were never answered are all getting filled out. Um Oh, the ass pull I'm thinking of is like uh, the characters eat a big plate of uh, a big. They just eat a lot of magic food. And one of the characters is like, well, now that you ate all the magic food, you're both much stronger now. And you're like, great, great. I'm glad. I'm glad we could do that without a whole training arc. (laughs) But it's just fantastic. Uh, You know, all of the characters from the Soul Society uh, and a couple from the Arankar arc are like back and they're getting pushed and their characters are being developed. It's just, it is, if you, I don't know what it would feel like to watch this from like zero with no context for any of these characters, but as the prototypical guy who watched Soul Society, loved it and fell off during the uh, Arankar saga, I am, I feel like I didn't miss anything really. There's like one or two characters and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing fan art of that lady, but like, I don't know her deal. And they just they're like, she's uh, they just they just kicked her ass off screen. Don't worry about that. <laughs> like, it really feels like you can jump from the Soul Society arc to this with very, very little uh, uh, handholding along the way. So, yeah, that's what's cool. I feel like maybe if you are such a strong derider, because I do feel like people just love to hate Bleach, like. Maybe give this uh, thousand year blood war thing a look. It might. It sounds like it's really might change your mind about what this is. You know, it's always kind of blows me away. I mean, shit. I'm a Swifty, right? So it's <laughs> it's kind of goes in line with that. When something gets so massively popular, and and yet when you talk about it. Uh, you always hear some amount of hate mm-hmm. about it, and you're like, how does a thing that gets this much hate also become like the biggest one of the biggest titles of of its you know genre or whatever you know it's it's always so interesting to me it's like well if it's so hated why aren't other ones more popular like what made bleach 
is it not that it doesn't stand out as much as it just does the thing hardcore a lot in a way that maybe like especially like I made the comparison that Dragon Ball was all like powering up and it's just like finally here's a here's nonstop fights and then people are like yes nonstop fights but then they go like wait a second <laughs> is like it kind of that a little bit I I don't know. I don't know but I feel like Bleach does enough and still holds up as its own unique entity its own unique twist on the shonen genre um there is uh layers to it beyond just cool japanese raps and sword fights and the uh just the world that kubo has built piecemeal over the years is a compelling one that i am happy to visit over and over again at this point i'm glad this thing exists i think it's so cool that they finally i wonder what i didn't really get enough on what made them decide to do this in 2022? I mean, it's uh, well. You know? I feel like, uh, like what? What was it about six years later after the manga is done? What was it about ten years after the anime? What? What? Where did this come from? Like, was there an anime? Or, I'm sorry, an online campaign or something? Like, what made them realize it's you know, finally time? Works on. Yeah, like- is that what it is? It's just it's finally time to bring back Bleach. People are actually ready for it. Let's do it. Yeah, um, there's there's a piece of pop uh, medicine that says that like every seven years you're a new person. Your cells have been completely replaced. Right. Mm-hmm. I vote when I worked at Dorkly and like trying to nail nostalgia waves as they're happening was like my literal day job. I always stuck to a seven year cycle where I would just look at what was popular with 12-year-olds seven years ago. And if I looked on the periphery of social media, I'd see more memes coming out of that thing now that those 12-year-olds are now entering college. And I feel like, you know, getting your first job and buying your, like, first house or, like, meeting your uh, girlfriend and then marrying your wife, like, all these big life changes kind of happen in seven year increments and six, seven, eight years is enough for people to look fondly back on something, even if they got tired of it in the original run. And the timing was right. Anime production with the kind of switch from weekly releases to these like seasonal, uh, big kind of showboaty uh, moments, which we've seen with My Hero Academia, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, all these things uh, really gave this you know, a lot of shit happens in Thousand Year Blood War. Like, there's just complete upheaval, citywide destruction. Every, you know, we're dealing with characters that are all OP by this point. The power creep has reached that literally every character can level a city block by summoning some giant spiritual hoodoo voodoo magic bullshit. So the fights are like way more dynamic. And so I think uh, they had the budget, they had the production capacity. And they probably had a gap in their schedule enough to finally do it. And it really, it like watching Thousand Year Blood Arc now is what watching Bleach felt like back in the community room at the college anime club all those years ago. I am so in it for this. I love it, man. Check it out. Get into Bleach. I'm, I'm into it. Fucking awesome, man. Don't play any of the games. Okay. The games were not good. Nobody play any of the games. What the about ge- the musical? What about the live action musical, Jake? Uh, I don't know. I didn't actually catch that. I did. I tried to watch the live action Netflix uh, one and oofy doofy. That sure is a live action Netflix anime adaptation. Oh, I tell goodness. you what. 
the they the fight they did with like uh Renji and uh Kuchiki. I whatever I can't pronounce half these Japanese names in the live action thing is good. If you really really are curious just Fast forward all the way to the last 20 minutes and don't look back. <laughs> well, all right. There you have it. That's our episode on Bleach. We hope you enjoyed it. I had a great time this week learning more about it. I love divisive fan bases and stuff. It's always so fascinating to me when when fan bases like eat themselves alive or everyone just has such a such strong opinions about this this world this one person created and and uh, and followed through on. It's always, always interesting. Um Check us out further on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Over on there, uh, we do weekly bonus episodes for just $5 a month, and at $15 a month, you can join us for our Sunday study session on Discord. Uh, this last week, we went on and watched the shit out of Bleach, uh, and it was great. Uh, also, check me out, twitch.tv forward slash hold donators ho, twitch.tv forward slash hold donators ho. Uh, we, uh, I'm doing Monday through Friday streams. Uh, join me for that. It's always a blast. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Jake! Follow me on Twitter at bestjakeyoung. That's at bestjakeyoung on Instagram, at bestjakeyoung on threads. And follow twitch.tv slash puppetjared. That's my VTuber channel. Uh, flagship stream is the Cartoon Dumpster. Every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, we watch some weird-ass cartoons from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and we just rag on them to everyone's delight. April, if you can take us out with uh, the first OP of Bleach, uh, Asterisk by Orange Range, I feel like that'll be a nice thing to end on. Hell yeah. And always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on wizarding. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.